I would highly encourage you, because it's very popular still to this day, despite me nagging on people for like five years, don't only sell something once a year. It is a bad idea. Over the long term, you will discover that. Those only ones, the only people doing that are doing it because they believe they can only provide a certain amount of support to the people who bought. They're like, oh, we did a big launch, we can only support them for 12 weeks, and then we're exhausted, right? And I say, well, what's your, what's your mission? If your mission is to serve more people, have that thing available for sale more often. And it's kind of an inarguable equation, isn't it? If my mission is really to serve more people, then I should have that available for sale more often. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, every single week we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love 
personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. Which live launches work the best? Why you should shorten your promotion cycles right now? Why you should be sending more emails than you usually do? And why you need to start circular virality hard now. Lots of big changes coming in the social world um, in these coming months, as well as the marketing world you need to be attentive to. So which live launches work the best? I was asked this by one of you last month. I didn't get to the question. I thought I would get to it this month for you. Let's think about the different types first, and then I'll tell you which ones work the best. Okay, so here's what's happening. Different types of live launches. Think about this. There's promotional live launches, That is, a promotional live launch is where you go live and you go live to sell, okay? The whole idea is I'm gonna go live and for let's say an hour, I'm just gonna sell, right? Or I'm gonna take Q&A and sell. So think about like a selling live promotion. Then there's value live launches where that is you're doing the traditional like PLF or EA or TBB style where it's, you're adding lots of value, maybe two or three different times, you're live, just teaching, just teaching, then you sell at the very end, okay? Then there's one that's kind of a hybrid one. The third one would be you go live a series of days, each day going live, where you do add the value and you sell at the end of each one. What we've seen across all of those three different ones is the hybrid is working the best for people in terms of the metrics we usually measure. Number one, views and engagement. Engagement usually being likes or comments, okay? So views, likes, and comments. Second metric, sales. Um, Overall sales in a campaign. Third metric, conversion rate. The number of people watching who buy. Now I have this data because I just spent a bunch of time with some badass marketers. Um, I would argue probably some of the top 10 marketers in the world kind of sharing our results and what we've learned from going live, from uh, what we're doing in our brands, on social media, et cetera. And I got to pull a bunch of them aside and said, what are you doing on live? And we had these conversations about many of these different models. And what we're seeing, I really believe we'll continue to see people's attention spans continue to shorten. That means our promotional cycles need to shorten too. And when that happens, that means we need to, in that promotion, add a significant amount of value while we have them and sell, but then add on the reason they need to purchase that day, even if you're continuing the live series the next couple days. Let me give you an example to make sure that lands for you. Imagine if I taught you this whole time and the idea for the campaign was, okay, I'm gonna teach this whole time and then tomorrow I'm gonna teach again and the next day I'm gonna teach again, then I'm gonna sell. That's not gonna work as well unless you are very clear, let's say you're doing like a seven day live launch and you've teed it up to be teaching curriculum, there's a framing there that works. Most people are just going live and selling and that's not working for them. Okay, you have to be really uh, strategic about the value you're going to add and why tuning into your live thing is different. Like why why should they watch your live thing versus anybody else's live thing? Because 
live used to be, you know, uh, unique. Now it's ubiquitous. Everybody's going live. I can, I can grab my phone right now, hop into any app and see, you know, 50 people going live. So it's the framing of the promotion about why they should watch. It's why, so, so for many of you who went to seven day live launch, you know that it's about framing it as an online training event that people can register for over a series of days. But here's what we're learning from the hybrid model. We're learning that if in that time that you go live, and I would suggest you go live for about 60 minutes, okay, if, unless you're doing a big promotion. But if you're traditionally thinking like, I just wanna go sell something, go live for about 60 minutes. And in that 60 minutes, teach for like 40 minutes. That's it, teach for 40 and then sell for 20. Now it doesn't mean you're just selling and pushing and pushing and pushing. It means be in the conversation of the sale. Maybe you're taking some questions from the people who are posting comments. Maybe you're building uh, uh, some value stack. You're adding some new bonuses, whatever it is, but about 20 minutes. That seems to be about the optimal range right now. 40 minutes teaching, 20 minutes sales, okay? That's, these are what I would call, um, another way to think about this, if you will, the timer model. It's more of a like impromptu live model, meaning you just went live. People didn't really anticipate it. They didn't really know. So you don't have to spend, you know, three hours doing something because maybe you're not delivering a course or a, a big promise. You're just, hey guys, I'm live. Don't try to be that person who's gonna go, well, I'm gonna go live and talk for five hours and then sail if they weren't warmed up for this being an online event, okay? What works the best for me is when I promote, there's this big thing coming, register or get ready. And they know they're gonna be part like a worldwide premiere. That's kind of how we launched Tony Robbins' book back in the day, Ariana Huffington's book back in the day. We made it, this is a worldwide premiere live event. Paulo Coelho, worldwide live premiere event, right? It feels like it's something important. Then you have the allowance because they've gotten ready, you've warmed them up, then you can go longer. But if you're just going live, you're like, okay, let's go live on Tuesday for something. Don't overdo it. Teach maybe 40 minutes, sell 20 minutes, and then get out, you're done. That's an impromptu kind of live promotion. Right? What I would encourage you to do is ask a simple question is, one, how much time do you have to promote? This is always very important. How much time do you have to promote? If you've got, let's say, a week open to promote something, you can say, oh, we can be pretty strategic here. We can get them warmed up, get them onto something live, uh, add some emails afterwards or some ads afterwards to close it down and make that deadline. Or if you're like one day and that's all you got, then it's a different approach, right? You always, I always start all of my marketing with how much time do I have? Do you want me to do a 10 day promotion, five day promotion, seven day promotion, one day promotion? Everything should always come down to time. Never start with, uh, you know, what are we going to do without first, how long do we have to do it? right? Always think in terms of time because all campaigns should be structured around fitting it into a block of time that you know you have to promote. I do the same thing with book launches. I, I don't just say, oh, I'd like to become a New York Times bestseller. I look at the calendars. I talk with my partners. I see how much block of time we can reasonably pull off. And then I build the campaign for that time block. It's really important. People often do the wrong thing. They just go, well, let's just go live or let's go start selling this week. Doesn't work. Okay. Doesn't work. So here's the promotion that I would recommend for most people when 
they have like, you know, a three-day opportunity, okay? So I'm trying to keep these short for you. Um, so this isn't like a seven-day live launch. It's not like a 24-day total product blueprint launch. This is, you got three days, right? You got, you got next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you want to hit it, but that's it. Here's what I would do with that hybrid model that I would said earlier works the best. On Monday, you would go live. You'd send, if you have an email list, you'd tell them you're going to go live. Let's say you're going to do it live at 11. You say, okay, 6 a.m., we're going live. At, you send the email at 6 a.m., we're going live at 11. So at 11 a.m., you go live and you just do exactly what I said. Go 40 minutes, sell 20, and you're out. But at the end of the 20, even though you know you're coming back Tuesday and Wednesday, they might not know you're coming back Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Because it's more impromptu, it's short. So they might not know you're coming back. So what I want you to do, when you finish that pitch at the end of 20 minutes, give them a reason to sign up by midnight tonight. Say, look, only if you sign up by midnight tonight will you receive X bonus, whatever it is. It could be any bonus. That's what you want to do. So go live, teach 40, sell 20, and give a reason for them to sign up by midnight. Those reasons for why they should sign up by midnight might be, you know, uh, they get a special bonus. It might be that they get access to something that you already have that you haven't given before. It might also be something like this, uh, a special unique experience with you. Uh, you know, whether that's another live broadcast, a call, um, a, a, a live event, something where it's like there's a reason and they have to sign up tonight by midnight. It's hugely important. But here's one thing that people often forget that's a really great reason to do that. Make the payment plan special. So you might say, look, only if you sign up by midnight tonight can you have the six payment plan. Otherwise, you gotta pay once, right? Use payments for a reason for people to do it. You can also use payments as discounts. Only if you sign up tonight, by midnight, will you get 20% off, as an example. So you can use bonuses, you can use discounts, you can use those um, payment plans, but you wanna find some reason for tonight. Now, of course, that's Monday. Tuesday night, go live again, okay? Go live again in the exact same format, teach 40, sell 20 minutes, Give them another new reason to sign up by midnight. Now here's the deal. You gotta honor that reason with the people who just bought the day before. So just be aware of that, okay? But that's what I do, I just plan in front. I'm like, what am I gonna give away each of those three nights? What would I give away? Okay, you know, first night, I might give you know some special bonus. Second night, I might give like payment plans. You know, third night, I might give uh, you know, a special call in or a special access to a Facebook group or something, whatever it is. So you have to start thinking, okay, if I have three days, each of those days, I'm gonna give away something awesome. Think like that, okay? Each day I'm gonna teach. And here's the other thing. Don't think each day, uh, don't, don't assume like a product launch model uh, assumes that people saw video one, video two, video three. Don't even assume that. Each time you go to teach, pretend it's all new. Show up all, don't, don't even reference the day before, ever, okay? In these short promotions, don't mention the day before, ever. Here's why. When people feel like they missed out, 
conversions go down. They, they feel like, oh, well, I missed yesterday. Maybe I don't know everything I need to know, so I don't buy. So in these pro short promotion cycles, what's working, don't even reference, don't reference the series, don't reference anything, just go, teach. Each time, pretend it's normal. All the things you have to do to set up, you know, the, the, the framing of what you're doing on day one, you gotta do that on day two and day three. That means welcome them, tell them how to do comments, tell them you're gonna be giving them a special bonus, all of that each day. Pretend it's a brand new day and ain't nobody ever seen you. Even if some people are tracking and following, doesn't matter. Okay, doesn't matter. So the way to strategically think through this is to go, okay, how many days do I have here? And if it's less than seven, if it's short, I'd say go live three times. It can be day after day. Set up that frame. Make that, uh, add that value. Make that offer. Have that deadline reason to sign up by midnight that night. Now, I do have one friend who uh, said he got better results by telling them they had to sign up within the next hour. Okay, they had to sign up within the next hour. If you, so for example, if he went live one o'clock, he said you gotta sign up by live at two. I don't do that because that thing that I went live, I usually, the, the, if, let's say it's on Facebook, if I went live on Facebook, the whole thing on Facebook, well, Facebook's gonna hold that replay up there and a lot more people are gonna see it throughout the day and I don't want them to miss the opportunity. Or if I send out the replay to my list, I don't want them to miss the opportunity. If the majority of your audience is local, you know, meaning let's even, let's say hyper-local, meaning the US, okay? Then sure, maybe the hourly thing works, but my reality is I have 45% of my audience who's international, right? That's why I wanna go live at something like 11 and have that deadline be something like midnight. It picks me up four time zones, right? 12 hours, right? Because I'll finish at noon. It doesn't, that bonus doesn't stop for another 12 hours. I'm just picking up time zones. That's the way I think through it, okay? So always be attentive to the timing. Lots of people always ask, Brendan, when should I go live? And the answer is almost always early in the day, okay? Almost always. Try to go early in the day. Some people say, well, Brendan, you know, people work. And I'm like, great, go early in the day on Saturday or Sunday. Right, just go earlier because you're picking up time zones. If you have an international audience, which I do, not everybody does, but I consider most people having the opportunity to have that. I mean, because most of your Facebook friends, I mean, maybe the real close ones you follow um, are nearby, but the reality is you have a global audience sitting there. Take advantage of that. All this leads into this, why did I hit you with that so fast? It's because it leads into conversation about shortening your promotion cycles. You know, I started the seven day live launch because I didn't want to do 24 and 28 day launches anymore. Because for me, that required too much time, exposure, um, work. I mean, just doing a promotion for three or four weeks is exhausting, right? Not to say it's not exhausting to do it short too, but it's less exhausting for me. The challenge is just the maintenance and the assumption that the audience is tracking you that long. I think we gotta be careful about that now. You'll notice, even in movies, have you noticed, have you, have you, have you had seen have, this last year, have you noticed, you're like, oh, that movie's out, I haven't even heard about it. Has it happened for you a lot lately? Do you know why? Because the data proved that shorter promotion cycles for movies were better than longer ones, which flies kind of in the face of what we've always thought, right? Warm them up, warm them up, warm them up, warm them up. 
but they saw that those, a lot of that warm-ups gets lost in the ether. Like a long warm-up used to work when people only knew about, you know, five movies coming out. So they could remember. But today when, you know, five things went live on, you know, Netflix, I'm not gonna remember what you told me three weeks ago. So it's about when you hit it, you hit it hard, you're there, but the longer warm-ups, I'm telling you, will continue to fade away. And if you don't believe it, let's go to the source of all product launch formulas. I just spent a day with Mr. Jeff Walker, founder of Product Launch Formula, and he just did a promotion many of you may saw. He did what's called a flash sale, right? A flash sale. He said, hey, tomorrow I'm opening this up. It's usually closed. I'm opening it up and you'll be able to get it. Then the next day, hey, you can buy it. The next day, hey, it's going away. Next day, flash sale is ending today. That was the whole promotion. You're talking like three, four days. And you know, I can't share his stats, but very significant dollars for a super simple promotion. We're talking high six uh, figure promotion in three days. So it's not that that means he wouldn't make lots more because as you know, those longer promotions will make a million dollars. But those longer promotions also, you have what? All those affiliates involved. You have a calendar you have to block out. You have to hit your list with on average like 26 emails versus four or five. So those promotion cycles are getting shorter and shorter. And I'm predicting, uh, like I did this, by the way, two years ago when I came up with this first concept with seven day live launch, those promotion cycles will continue to shorten in our industry specifically too, right? Thought leadership used to have a longer thing. I'm just telling people, it's exciting now. You can go for it. Just put a promotion out. Just get it out. Get out, you know, think about your year and say, let's, let's, let's do like five flash sales this year. Just decide. It's an arbitrary number. You don't have to do five. I'm just trying to give you uh, an ambitious goal. Just do five. Five random, you know, 48-hour flash sales. Just put it on the radar because guess what? It doesn't burn the list. The list thinks it's cool and they get the money. In the old days, we would worry that, oh, well, that's gonna, you know, then it makes the launch look less special, right? But as I argued with you guys in 2009, I was like, the idea that you would launch something only once a year is called crazy. Maybe it's where I'm from in Montana, right? If on a Sunday we did a garage sale and people came and they bought the crap out of it, guess what happened next Sunday? The garage door goes up again. That's the way I think about retail and sales. The idea in our world that caught on, launch something once a year, why? There's nothing special to that anymore. And I proved it when we put, we were the first ones to put major launch, seven figure launch on Evergreens in our industry. So we put, you know, Experts Academy on Evergreen in 2009. We launched it again, end of 2009. We launched it again, 2010. Launched it again, 2011, twice. We never saw the sales go down. Sales don't go down because it's more available. That was the thinking. It doesn't. But people say, well, this is a special event, Brendan. That's why the launch is special. I go, no, no, no. What makes it special isn't that you only did it once a year, because now you got people sitting around going, gosh, I wish I could access it. What makes it special is what they get when they sign up that time. So what you do if you're gonna frequently launch, you just add different bonus stacks, right? If you launch in January, they get these three bonuses. 
right? You launch in June, switch up the new bonuses, add some new bonuses. Launch again in November, switch up the bonuses. But now you got three launches, three revenue sources, and it's the same exact promotion. I mean, literally, it can be the same emails, it can be the same videos, it can be the same everything. You switched up the bonus structure. I would highly encourage you, because it's very popular still to this day, despite me nagging on people for like five years, don't only sell something once a year. It is a bad idea. Over the long term, you will discover that. Those only ones, the only people doing that are doing it because they believe they can only provide a certain amount of support to the people who bought. They're like, oh, we did a big launch, we can only support them for 12 weeks, and then we're exhausted, right? And I say, well, what's your, what's your mission? If your mission is to serve more people, have that thing available for sale more often. I mean, that's kind of an inarguable equation, isn't it? If my mission is really to serve more people, then I should have that available for sale more often. And if you can follow that line of logic, you can make the next leap, which says, oh, well, if I only sell it once per year, then you know what? That might be a highly volatile business model. Because guess what? Big launch, no revenue the rest of the year. Big launch, no revenue the most of the year. You know what? That did work for the last five years. And I'm saying it's not gonna work for the next five because promotion cycles are ending. People have entered this era and you know what it's called, on demand. And if your stuff isn't available to them, guess what they do? They skip the next, they're not gonna wait for your ass for another year. They're just not gonna do it. They're gonna get somebody else and you're gonna lose those dollars. So stop fooling yourself, put everything on evergreen. Then throughout the year, do some small mini promotions for it. You pick up lots of momentum, lots of new students. You create lots of conversation in the marketplace. You create this crazy thing called a brand. Because you know what brands don't do? Does Nike hide all year and only come out at Christmas? No, real brands are there. That's what makes them ubiquitous. That's your job, my friends. And I know I'm speaking to some friends who've only been doing a once a year launch. So if you're here, I'm busting on you because it's important. Promotion cycles are shortening. You need to get there. Okay. And with that, uh, I gotta move on. Send more emails. This is data I got from three major email senders. They all send over a million emails um, when they do send. So every time they hit send, over a million emails go out. And they were sharing with me that uh, they were seeing their open rates go down. Surprise, right? We've seen open rates go down for years, right? That will continue to be the basis. But as their open rates were going down, they forgot to send more emails. Because what we do, we, we, we're still five, six years ago. So what we tell ourselves is, well, I, I don't wanna you know, inundate my list. That's what we tell ourselves, right? And I used to do the same thing. I don't wanna, I don't wanna over email my list. Well, Brendan, 80% of them never even saw the email. 80% never saw it. So you sending another one, you know, an hour, two, eight hours later, they don't care. They didn't even see the first one. Make sense? It's not inundating the list if they don't see it. That it doesn't make any sense. That's like saying to somebody, hey, you know, going to somebody's door, knocking on it. Hey, I'm sorry to inundate you with so many visits. And, and they're like, I've never met you before. 
<laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You're not inundating them. Also, what I got from this, because promotion cycles are shortening and people are used to them now, you know, they've got a decade of inbox attacks with, you know, promotions uh, and launches that uh, they shared, uh, what one of the person shared with me was that they sent more emails closer to the time of the original one. So example, uh, Frank Kern was sharing with me how uh, if, you know, when he sends out a, let's say a webinar invitation and they don't click that link, within an hour, he sends another email that says, hey, notice you haven't registered right now. Now, most of us would wait another day, another two, another three. He sends it within the hour. Hey, you know, about half hour ago, I sent you this link. I noticed you haven't clicked it. You're probably pretty busy. Just want to put it in front of you again. And I was like, dang, that's working? And he was talking about how that's working so well in getting everybody to go to anything that he wants. He's like, even in autoresponders. So someone opts in for a uh, downloadable PDF, as an example. Send that PDF to them. If they don't open that PDF within 30 minutes, send them another email and say, hey, just want to make sure, did you get it? Here it is again. Because you know what? They're there. They just opted in, right? In those 30 minutes, they're probably still there or they still have their phone, but they didn't click the link. It's important for you because they're a new opt-in. It's important for you to get engagement with them fast. Okay? Why? Because ISPs track that kind of thing, right? Your email providers know who's engaging and not. So if you sent that first email and they didn't engage in it, you do what I used to do. Oh, well, we'll send another email in three days. In that time, they probably forgot about me. And if they didn't forget about me, worse, they don't see the email and click on it. Now my ISP is saying, you know, this guy right here, he's not clicking and engaging. He's been on the list for a week. He hasn't clicked anything. And now my deliverability to that person goes down. His email inbox, Gmail, says, huh, Brendan sent this guy an email and the guy didn't open it. You know what? The guy didn't open an email from Brendan out of at least three emails sent over a week. And now they say, you know what? Let's stuff Brendan in the promotions tab. It's getting more and more important to get engagement on that first day. Okay, on that first day. That's why I told you, send more emails. Okay, so if they've opted in for anything, send them another email that day. And tip, make sure you put images in those emails, right? I made that mistake for too long where a lot of my autoresponders were just text only. And the image was like my face, but it didn't, there wasn't like a button or an image that clearly called them out to click. You've got to, email is getting really smart. And the good news is, good marketers are gonna have a great next couple of years. The bad news is 99% of the world is gonna lose on email marketing in the next couple of years. I can share that with you because I've seen what's coming and what is coming is what you would call like the carpet being yanked out because the intelligence of the algorithms, actually it's not even appropriate to call it algorithms anymore. It's like, it's like AI level what's coming, right? It's truly artificial level of intelligence coming to your inbox soon. And so as email marketers, we need to be very, very thoughtful about getting engagement early or we're dead, okay? That means add a lot of value early. That means use imagery in your emails early. That means remind people 
Like when you're like, like, cause the way they're looking at it is like, did they engage with this person this day? Cause fortunately, yeah, I think it's fortunate. They still think that people have work days. <laughs> Remember a work day, eight to five. Anyone ever had one of those? Weren't those great work days? <laughs> but they set their algorithms up for a work day. So their question is, did that person engage with Brennan's email that day? That allows me to send two or three. I need to get that engagement. Hey all, it's Brendan, and I wanna make sure that you go check out growthday.com. It's an all-in-one personal development platform where you can do everything you would like to do for personal development in one place. You can capture your mindset journaling, set your goals, track your habits and improve them, take wellness challenges, and learn from the highest powered, highest paid, most respected motivational teachers, wellness coaches, and life coaches in the world live every week. One trial, we just call it Starter, that's where you're just using the tools. You know, it's the mindset journal where we prompt you with tons of research back prompts to help you become more positive, confident, self-aware, and happy. We've got your goal tracking system. That's where you set your personal development goals and reminders, so like reminders to meditate or reminders to call your partner and flirt or you know reminders to make sure that you do this one project. It's also got, importantly, your habit tracking system. This is where you can track your high performance habits, which we teach you to do. And then you receive targeted scores and recommended videos to improve those. Our pro level now includes live classes. You know, we've got the best teachers in all of personal and professional development, period, in the app. These folks all charge over $50,000 for a one hour keynote, but they're live every single month in growth day teaching for 45 minutes. Then we have what we call all access. And that's where you get the tools plus the live classes, but also over 20 deep dive, powerful life transformative courses. So these courses, these classes, these are things that would cost over $3,000 a month to access. But Growth Day Pro, as an example, is less than a buck a day. Your personal development is worth a dollar a day. Your access to these people is worth a dollar a day. But you can start free right now when you go to growthday.com. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. 
And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about, you know, their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're going to get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot. You'll be motivated and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Circular virality. If you're not doing it yet, do it. I'll give you the short course on it real fast here, uh, the, the elevator pitch of it, if you don't know what circular virality is. It means you're going to create something and when you create that thing, you're gonna break it up and you're gonna put it all over the web with links, linking it back to a bunch of other of those things. As an example, I shoot a YouTube show. Okay, I take that YouTube show, I put it up on YouTube, I put it up on my blog, we'll grab that often, we'll put it up on LinkedIn, we'll grab that often, put a HuffPost thing over here, we'll grab that often, make quote cards that I'll be putting on Instagram and Facebook and, and kind of perpetuate all over, but then I mix up the links. Sometimes that link drives them to a podcast related to that topic. Sometimes it takes them to the YouTube show. Sometimes it takes them to the blog. Sometimes they, but with all that perpetuation across all those things, I get people on the modalities they want to consume on, right? One action, film show. From show, I now perpetuate that all over the web in different places. YouTube show becomes podcast show. Right, so my same YouTube is my podcast episode, right? My same YouTube is my blog post and that article. And what happens is when I do the blog post, I'll link over as an example to iTunes for the podcast. And iTunes with the podcast, there's also a link that they can access it on the blog or on YouTube or wherever else we post that particular episode. And so it's kind of everywhere where they can access it and hopefully I get what is really the goal with Circular Virality is people sharing it on different platforms and different modalities and even within my own audience, I get them to subscribe in multiple ways, all right? So for example, have you subscribed to my YouTube show? If you haven't, go subscribe. Have you subscribed to my podcast? If you haven't, go do that. Have you subscribed to me on, and followed me on Instagram? If you haven't, go do that. And here's what we found out. Without question, though, if you subscribe to all of those, you are among my best customers. That's what we can tell. Yours is the same. Your audience, the more platforms you get them to subscribe or follow you on, the better lifetime value of that customer. Seems no duh, but how many people have a strategy to actually get people on all the platforms? Very few. They're very happenstance at it. You need to have that strategy and put that in play. That strategy is called circular virality. And then what we do with circular virality is we go beyond the day of putting it everywhere, and then we keep perpetuating over a series of weeks on different platforms to keep that thing going. That's what circular velocity is. The reason you need to get it to it now is because we are at a time when platforms are rapidly shifting and they're going to continue rapidly shifting, right? Many of you are seeing right now, your engagement on Facebook is dying. It's horrible, you know, because Facebook made the ultimate mistake. Historically, we're gonna look back 10 years from now and go, wow, Facebook, you caused a mass exodus when you didn't need to. They over-prioritized sending you stuff that you already liked. They over-prioritized ads 
And they really truly failed in showing people the things that they didn't want to see, right? I like a lot of things and follow along things. They never show up. And I can tell, you know, when I post something on my page with five million people, often the number of people reached will be like 100,000 to 300,000. Sometimes, depending on what I posted, like 40,000. You're telling me I spent five years to build five million people and you're only showing my posts to 40,000 of them? That's what's killing Facebook. You know your friends aren't seeing all of your things. Facebook even published it. They said, uh, I, I believe if I remember the right number, it was six or 8% of your friends, fans, and followers see your content, six to 8%. Surprise! So what's happening is a lot of people are going, enough of this, and they're migrating to like Snapchat, which is at the time of this filming, having this huge IPO conversation because they're not doing all that. Ultimately, they probably will because it's a monetization strategy, but that monetization strategy also hurts the platform. What you're going to be seeing is more people taking sides. Right now, if you're on Facebook, you're probably on Instagram. And if you're on Instagram, you're probably on Snapchat. And if you're on, you know, if, you're, if you watch YouTube, you're probably still a person who goes to blogs. But what's gonna happen is people are gonna become, I'm an Instagram guy. And everything else overwhelms the hell out of me. I'm done with it, right? Some of you, you're only a Facebook person. You don't mess with Snapchat. But a lot of Snapchatters, they, like to them, they're like, no, Facebook, right? People are picking platforms, which means you gotta put circular and virulosity into play and get as many of your audience on multiple platforms right now as you can. It's probably more important these next six months that you do that than it ever will be. Get your people on multiple platforms, do it and do it now. And you will thank me two years from now. Jeff uh, Kowachik is asking, what platform alternatives are best for starting out? Great question. Jeff, if I was starting out two day and I only had one choice, I would still choose, I know it seems weird, Facebook. Let me share why. Because so far Snapchat does not have um, the ability for you to really do any tracking, retargeting, advertising, meaning you can do a lot there but you don't really know anything about your audience yet. It's important when you're first starting out to get as much knowledge about your audience as you can both from a data-driven perspective, a conversion-driven perspective, and knowing who their friends are. Snapchat is very singular, which by the way, I love, and I think is smart, and you'll see me focus there big time starting the summer. But for starting out, because of those reasons, Jeff, I would get myself onto Facebook, and I would make that, I'm gonna master that thing, and not going into everything else. Now I know lots of you might disagree with that, and that's totally okay. I do it because I care about data and conversions and the ability to put myself in front of people with ads. Not everybody cares about that, right? Not everyone cares about it. Especially if you're younger, let's say you're 30 and below, and you're, you're really only after just followers or the engagement that happens from comments and you don't care about the data or the ability to put yourself in front of someone, then Snapchat's awesome. So not uh, sharing anything uh, out of turn there or trying to choose a favorite, just sharing how I would go about that. Okay, Mads is asking, Brandon, 98% of our business is Danish, but we are going international. Should we use one global Facebook page plus a YouTube channel, um, right now sitting at 11,000 fans, or should we create one in Danish, 
one in English and one in German. Um, I would recommend, Mads, that you have a appropriate level of language in both. I would do one in Danish, the other in English, and that's it, okay? Those, just those two, okay? Worldwide, English is becoming more and more and more ubiquitous, and more and more people access it in that way. Doesn't mean it's the right answer, but because your home court is Danish, focus on Danish, and then have one English one, okay? And don't be scared to cross-promote them. Meaning, so for example, my main man, Paulo Coelho, um, he's got 20 million plus on Facebook. I think he's 22, right? Well, one of my dear mentors and friends. He posts mostly in English. And then once in a while, he throws a Portuguese on there. No problem. Once in a while, he throw French in there. Doesn't matter. He's speaking to those audience, but for most of his work is English. I would recommend that you stick to building your Danish page out and then adding your English one as well. Great question for you as well. Okay, Mads also said, but, but you told us to do a monthly subscription product, but we can't find somebody who already done that with success besides Brendan Burchard and Netflix. <laughs> what about the health and beauty industry? Uh, Mads, you need to go to a conference and talk to other people because the subscription model is probably the most popular thought leader model today. So while it looks like Brendan because I'm saying it, that's because you only know Brendan. And I can't think of any major thought leader um, who isn't running a subscription program or have built a program and has been running a long time. They're extremely popular. And the reason people don't do it with success is they think it's less than their flagship product. What I mean, they say, oh, I'm only charging 19 or $29. Eh. They don't take it seriously. They don't promote it like a big launch. They don't promote it and deliver with excellence. They kind of do it half-ass, and then they're upset. Oh, I'm getting half-ass results. This model doesn't work. Know what you're bringing to the model doesn't work. You got to go for it. You got to really wow people with your subscription programs. I hope that helps. Lewis is asking, I'm a marketing, I'm marketing to business owners of a specific industry and doing a lot of LinkedIn. Should I be posting quote cards on LinkedIn four times a day or is it too much? Lewis, only one way to find out. Do it and then see what the reaction is. If you're not getting unfollows, if you're not getting complaints, just do it. I don't think four times a day on LinkedIn is too much. I think four quote cards per day on LinkedIn is too much. So what I mean by that, Lewis, is what I would recommend that you do is that you might do one quote card, then another one, share a video from you know TED Talks or YouTube. Then another one, link an article to Fast Company since you're, or Entrepreneur or Inc. since you're talking to business owners, okay? Then another one, do a video of you. In other words, mix it up, mix it up, all right? You'll see uh, not only that the, the, the most successful people online do that quite a bit, it really serves you in all the other Mordat. Today, like, and I'm guilty of this too, too much of my Facebook for the last two years has only been quote cards and a video or two a week, but that's because I've been off the grid writing a book for two years, right? When the book is done this summer, you'll see a huge uh, greater availability of a mix. Sometimes you just have to choose your priorities. For me, it's been the book, not the social media. So if you're prioritizing LinkedIn, mix it up, my friend. Great question. Bridget asks, how do you build knowledge about your audience when you're first starting out? 
the most important thing that you do, Bridget, is you don't worry about that. I know it sounds crazy, but Monet didn't start out his career going to everybody and going, would you like some lilies? You know, the, you know, I have a pond. Should I paint that for you? That's not how you begin. Think about social media and everything you're doing is sharing your wisdom and your art. Remember that old saying when the, when the teacher, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears? Just start putting your stuff out there. See what your reactions are. Too often, people are saying, don't do anything until you know your avatar. And I'm like, mm, you're probably never going to know your avatar until you're a couple of years into your business, right? Even the woman down the street who runs a great cupcake shop here in Portland, Oregon, in her first two years, she thought she knew who her customers were, and it turned out to be very differently than who her customers end up being. So I would say, get in the game of putting out your art and your wisdom. See who replies. See who buys. Gauge your reaction. But never, I think it's a very bad piece of advice, that, in my opinion, that business schools keep giving people. And that is, don't do anything until you know your audience. And I'm like, mm, how about follow your heart? Uh, how about do your art? How about do something you do if no one paid you anyway because you have this thing called passion for it, right? I started doing my work. I, I didn't write Life's Golden Ticket for anybody. There was no avatar. I wanted to write that book. When I wrote Motivation Manifesto, it was probably the worst style I could have written that book. But I wrote that book in a way that I felt was artistic and true to me, right? That's who is celebrated. I mean, look at all of them. Wolfgang Puck didn't go to a bunch of people at his restaurant and say, what would you like me to cook for you? He got in the kitchen and he did his art. And that's why he becomes legend, right? It's those who follow their own path that they end up, I mean, look, same with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs didn't go out to anybody and go, how would you like me to improve your phone? He did what he wanted to do. And from doing what he wanted to do, he became not only respected, but he became somebody who invented a whole new world that we all play along with now, right? I mean, how many of you guys have this right now watching this? And if it's not this one, it's another one that's just like this one that knocked off this one, right? It's like invented a whole new world, not asking. So I don't think it's, I don't think you need to build knowledge about your audience. I think you need to build all knowledge about what you're passionate about. That's what you need to build knowledge about. The audience, they will emerge from there. And I'm not saying, by the way, I don't mean to make this a false dichotomy, because it's both, you know, understand what your audience needs in business, but also do what's passionate in your heart. I can tell everybody here, like even my friends, I've got my friends from Mastermind here today, I can look to every single one of these people, extremely successful, and I could say to each of these people, do more with your passions, and I'd be right. And they're incredibly successful people, right? Because there's no one you can't say that to in the world, me. If you told me that, I'd be like, he right, man. So it's all right. I usually don't talk like that. I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> Travis laughed, so it must have been a good one. All right, let's move on. Uh, Rohan is asking, Brandon, I finished my first online course and filmed all my value videos and sales videos. Congratulations, Rohan. So I'm ready to launch, but I feel holding myself back from being as productive as I could to complete all the little finishing touches and, and pushing circular velocity as much as I could. How do you keep your performance at the highest levels when you are reaching the end of a project you're working on. That's a great one because I'm right there with you, man. I'm two, three weeks away from finishing the longest 
research project of my life that has consumed my life for two or three years, like 24-7 consumption. I mean, total, absolute into it. And there's been plenty of days I'm like, hey, okay, I gotta work on that book again. So I totally feel you. The most important thing is to revisit the first day you decided to do it. When you first decided to do that online course, go back to that day. Why? Why? What was it that excited you then? It's just like in relationships, right? Most, of the, most marital counseling begins like this. Do you remember a time you weren't treating her like crap? Oh, tell us about that. Do you remember when you were dating and you were sweet on each other? Tell us about that. They take them right back to that time when it was still good and they remember why it was still good. That's what you have to do. Why did you decide to do the online course? Reconnect with that, right? Reconnect with that outcome you imagined for your future. That outcome of, ah, you know, I'm gonna have people writing in and say, Brendan, you changed my life. Oh, I'm gonna have people saying, hey, this made a difference. Oh, I'm gonna have some money coming in from this thing. You have to reconnect to that passion and that why one more time. And then from there, it is straight up the discipline of showing up each day to work on it. That's it. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, I show up. I hold this advice in the success world, right? Those who show up win. I show up. Sometimes I show up, Rohan, and I'm in a bad mood too. And I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta do this. But then I reconnect with my passions and why I'm doing something. I set my intention and I get to work. I also, and I think this is important, especially maybe for our younger audience watching this, I also don't expect it to be um, unicorns and fairy dust and perfect days and sunshine 24-7 and everything to be clean and perfect and great. Uh, I'm not living in the Instagram world, right? I I'm living, I'm like, I'm very comfortable. Like, the process is going to be messy. It's going to be tiring, even when you're good. I was talking with one of our mastermind members who was sharing with me. She just did a promotion. She was like, that was more tiring than anything I've ever done. And I'm like, yeah. That's what happens when you raise the bar on yourself. It's hard. It's exhausting. Every time you're gonna raise your bar, it's gonna be harder again. Don't think it's gonna get easier. And if you've ever been with us in Success Accelerator, the first training says, the number one reason people plateau or fail to reach the next level on a continual basis is because they keep telling themselves that the second effort should be easier than the first effort. And so they get upset. They go, but I'm good now, I've done all this. And now you have a new dream and you start working towards that and you go, this is hard. And you got comfortable being good and it being easy. So new things that come up, you're like, ugh, I don't wanna go through all that, you know, turmoil of learning that and building that and, and trying all over again. Cause I could just stay here and earn my money and do good and have it easy cause I already built it. Often people who get in that mindset, they get in the overall fixed mindset of psychology. They're like, well, this is just the way it is. This is the way I am. This is the way it's gotta go. But what I tell people all the time is like, when you go to try something new, don't expect it to be any easier just because you already succeeded at another thing, right? For example, I'm shooting this in a, in a new office here today and we got our mastermind members, we're all excited and I'm gonna be building a new team, right? And building a lot. And you know what? can be scary, but I don't think it's gonna be easy. Matter of fact, I anticipate, I'm like, this is gonna be really, really hard. And anticipating that and not being scared by it, just being real and going, you know what? Yes, I've already achieved most of the success measures I wanted in my personal life, but I'm like, 
you know, I want to do this now. And I don't think because I'm Brendan Burchard, the high performance guy, that it's going to be this flow process and perfect and easy. And that's Instagram, the whole thing. No, you know what? I'm like, took your phones away. This is a hot mess in here. There's shit everywhere. Oh my God. That's how it's going to be. Anticipate the hot mess and don't fear it. Know it's part of the process. If you've been with us at High Performance Academy, you know our saying, honor the struggle. It will always be there. Rohan, honor that this last part sucks a little bit. You'll be proud of yourself for making it through later. We got Shiny, a mastermind member in here asking, hey, Brendan, what do you think about doing free events as a way to market your knowledge and expertise? Shiny, I say don't, don't. A free event, I'm like, hey, you know what? Go online, broadcast yourself for free. A free live event where people come to see you, that's where known history counts. And I think one great message I would have to this new generation are make sure you study history. Learn in your industry and in the overall world. I think we're at a very challenging space right now where lots of generations aren't understanding what came before them, so they're making the same mistakes. And one of the mistakes that I found when I began, just even at Yishan, I studied the history of our space. So thought leadership. I went back to the first published kind of gurus, like what was happening for them? What made the difference for them? How did they start their speaking career or their seminar career or whatever? At the time, when I began, uh, in this like, let's say like 2004 area, you were seeing a lot of free events going on, a lot of them. And lots of free event companies were growing up, right? So like, um, you know, free real estate in Portland, Oregon, this weekend, come to the seminar. And then free over here, free over here, free over here. What a lot of people didn't know is those people putting those on had a lot of money. Because when you went to the free event, they would sell 10,000, 20,000, $2,000 packages to be able to pay for it in advance, meaning, it's a very risky model, right? Unless you're gonna do a free event. You're gonna put that free event on, you gotta pay for the lights or the place or the rent or whatever. And people come, if you don't know what you're doing yet, they might not buy something. If they don't buy something, you lose money doing that live free event. So I tell people, your free stuff, in order to demonstrate your knowledge, go live. Go live like this. Okay, or go live like this. We have a camera going right here. You're watching this through our broadcast, through what we use Ustream for this, but you could use you know, your laptop, you could use YouTube Live, Facebook Live. Just go live, demonstrate that way. What I tell people, if you're trying to market, which is your question, if you're really trying to market your knowledge and expertise, sell it. Like teach live, be there, be a personality, whatever. But when it comes time for your real knowledge and expertise and you wanna demonstrate that, Sell it, because you know what makes an expert? They got something to sell. That's what it makes. You're knowledgeable, but if I can't buy something from you, you're just a talking head. If you really want to market yourself and build your brand, always have something to sell. And I tell people, it takes as much time and energy to do something free as if you put a gate on it of like 10 bucks or 100 bucks, right? The odds are 60% of the same people would show up right? You're only getting a 40% bump by adding a free event. So 60% of people, they'd probably still show up and pay you something. So I'm like, why would you not make money? Money is great. You know what you can do with money? Everything. Okay, here we go. 
I thought it was funny. Travis didn't laugh. That must that one bombed bad. No, no laughter from Travis. That was nothing. Okay. Jolyn is asking, Brendan, with the separate launches with different bonuses, are each of these launches separate products in Kajabi since each launch has different bonuses? Great questions. Jolyn, no. Instead, what you do, you have your flagship course in one Kajabi product, then your bonuses in other products, right? So that you can add those into your flagships. So an example, we have Experts Academy. And sometimes when I sell Experts Academy, I say, you know, I do a bonus where it includes Thought Leader Roadmap. Well, instead of having one Experts Academy by itself, and then one Experts Academy with Thought Leader Roadmap in it, what I do is I have one Experts Academy and one Thought Leader Roadmap. They're in different products. So I can, if I do an offer, when you buy this during that time period, we just add this one over here to your library. And that way we can manage them and sell them separately. As always, keep putting your vision, your voice, and your wisdom out in the world to help as many people as possible. And of course, live fully every single day, love openly, and go make a difference right now. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I wanna jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. U.S. presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. 
you know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out.